Welcome back into the Royals Farm Report podcast. My name is Joel Penfield, joined as always by Alex Duvall. How are you doing watching these first place Kansas City Royals? Joel, best record in baseball. Daniel Lynch is making his debut tomorrow night. We're recording here Sunday night, about 7.30 at night. I got Sunday, Sunday night baseball on. Um, man, I am so excited for tomorrow. I mean, the Royals, if, if we really just kind of sit back and, and analyze this from, from you know, space perspective, um, best record in all of baseball with, without your short, starting shortstop, and your opening day starter has an ERA, well, it was nine before he gave up seven runs in the third inning today. So um, I know a lot of those weren't earned, but still, he's not been doing anything you need him to do. No starting shortstop. Um, Jorge Soler hasn't been hitting at all. Whit Merrifield been very average at the plate. Um, had a couple hot stretches, had a, in the middle of a really cold stretch right now. And yet you have the best record in baseball and your best pitching prospect is making his big league debut tomorrow against Cleveland. Um, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm fired up. Yeah, this I, is. I was so excited when that news came across. Uh, I think it was Pat in our group chat. <laughs> it, was, it was just Lynch called up in all caps. And I was like, wait, hold on. And, yep, sure enough, Lynn Worthy, Alec Lewis, all within, you know, a few minutes. Dan Rogers, all Daniel Lynch is called up, and he'll be starting tomorrow against Cleveland in Kansas City. So if, if you have the opportunity to get to Kaufman, do it. They up capacity for this next series. So I'm sure that there's going to be tickets available. Go watch this guy. This this is the future. This is the dude that we've been super high on at the site for a long time, and obviously the rest of baseball is. Hey, this is the top pitching prospect. This feels – obviously I think it has a lot more hype than Singer's debut last year, but I think a lot of that was, A, it was a road game, and B, we couldn't be there to see it. But this is a huge deal for a team that has pitched well for the most part. You, you've gotten, you know, almost 100 percentile production out of Danny Duffy. But, you know, and Singer was really solid before he had, took that comebacker. But they needed that injection in the lineup with Mike Miner and Brad Keller being meh to, like, average at best. So I am, I am so excited to see what he's going to do. And I, I hope he goes out and shoves tomorrow and proves why – he is one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. Yeah, he the you know we kept saying this preseason that the the reports on him coming out of camp were like Patrick Mahomes ish from 2017, where it's like everybody you ask how's everything look how's everything look yeah pretty good and Daniel Lynch yeah pretty good and Daniel Lynch like you should see this guy throw left handed hundred miles an hour blah 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 um, hey so how's the food down there you know the pork chops are really good but you got to see this guy Daniel Lynch like. You couldn't get away from it. Like, you couldn't get people to stop talking about him. So, you know, we haven't seen him pitch live in a long time. Um, and the last time I saw him throw, you know, the in, in live games, you know, I didn't really think there was a huge difference between him and a guy like Jackson Coar. But it's hard to ignore what's coming out of camp about this kid. He's clearly, in, in their eyes, set himself above every other pitcher in the system. So, Really excited to see him get to go tomorrow. Should be able to watch that entire game. Um, but Royals fans have a lot to look forward to because we don't have anybody like Lynch still coming, but there's a lot of arms that are still coming. Mm -hmm. This feels like just the beginning for at least some of those guys at the top of the system that are arms. Uh, they're going to be pitching in Kansas City at some point this year. It wouldn't surprise me if we see a Jackson Coar at some point, you know, as a bullpen guy. Or maybe, maybe they'll let him start for a little bit, but, you know, that fastball changeup is going to play. I don't think we see Ace Lacy, but 
we, you know, he could prove otherwise if he's, you know, all the things we've heard about him are legit as well. Alec Marsh is a guy that I mentioned on the Clearing Waivers podcast. Is another guy you could see this year. There, Jack, or Daniel Lynch is not going to be the last of the arms we're going to see this year, but it is going to be really cool to see him first. And I think, and he absolutely deserves to be the first guy of this group, uh, not named Chris Bubich and, and Brady Singer in 2021 to make their debut. Yeah. And you mentioned Lacey and just real quick, like I think he could Brandon Finnegan his way up in September, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're right. There are so many guys they could go get. And it's, it's so weird, man. You know, when we started the site in June of 2017, like we, we've talked about this before, Foster Griffin was clearly the best pitching prospect in the system in terms of like the, the, the way the public viewed the Royal system is pretty clearly Foster Griffin. Like no offense to Foster Griffin, but if the same Foster Griffin they got drafted in the first round was in the system today, he'd be like the 12th best pitching prospect they have. I mean, they have, they have totally overhauled the system over the last few years. And, you know, I remember the draft in 2018, I was sitting on my couch or watching the draft and Brady Singer falls at 18. Awesome. Then they go get his teammate at 33, even better. And when, when they drafted Daniel Lynch, it was kind of like a, you know, well, we'll wait and see kind of like a Zach hockey where you knew the stuff was there in college, but the results didn't match. And as soon as Daniel Lynch got into the system and started pitching in games, he was dominating anybody and everybody they sent to the plate. And it was just clear that something that they were doing at Virginia wasn't sitting right with Daniel Lynch. And as soon as they got him in the system and, and, and next, whatever that was, I mean, he had more success against professional hitters and college hitters very, very quickly. So um, just a blessing in disguise in a way that he fell to where he fell and, the Royals were able to scoop him up, and now three years later we get to see the, the benefits of that patience and the benefits of that faith uh, the Royals showed in Lynch. Yeah, absolutely. So here now, what, is, what, the, what do you think the corresponding move for this is going to be? Because they, you know, they, need, they obviously need to put him on the 40-man roster. You have Brad Keller who has struggled. I don't think they're going to demote him. I don't think it's gotten to that point, but there's obviously something there, something wrong there. Brady Singer got hit the other night in a comeback or goes out in the second inning. He walked off on his own power, but it would make sense that maybe the Royals IL him. And then we see another corresponding move when he's able to come back. You could always take Daniel Tillo off the 40, you know, just put him on the 60-day and let that run, DFA Jake Newberry. There's, there's some options here, but what do you think is the most likely scenario for the corresponding move getting Daniel Lynch on the roster? Well, in order to get him on the 40, it's going to have to be one of – in my opinion, it's going to probably be some combination or, or some option, I'm sorry, of they could put Till on the 60-day, which makes sense. Now, I say that, but if I think if they were going to do that, they would have done it already. Like, they've, they've had to cut guys that they could have already moved Tillow over. So, if the, the best reason I've seen for Tillow not being on the 60 is that they got to pay him big league salary and give him, you know, big league benefits if he's on the 60. So, and his, and his clock starts. So, I could see why maybe that's why they haven't done that yet. So Jake Newberry, good dude. Um, we've interviewed him at the site, or maybe it was another site I was writing for, but I've definitely been a part of an interview he was in. Um, really good guy. I, I, you know, it just hasn't worked. It's not clicking. I don't think the fastball is good enough for the big league level. He got um, hit around pretty good again today. If you're clearing spot, uh, if you're clearing a spot on the on the Royals forty man roster, I think he's probably the most likeliest DFA candidate. Um, put put Daniel Lynch on and then rock and roll. <clears throat> I do think there's something to be said, though, about what Singer and Keller are going through. 
Singer, they said there's no structural damage. It's just bruised. So we'll see. It's kind of a day-to-day thing. If they want to go to a six-man rotation to, to spread some of these guys' innings out, I could see that. Um, I could see them sending Keller down just to work on his mechanics, work on his command for a little bit. So on the 25-man roster and the 40-man roster, um, Newberry is the easy answer, but they do have a lot of options at their disposal. Um, I could see them doing two of those three things where maybe they send Keller down, put Singer on the IL, or DFA Newberry, and then maybe bring up a guy like Love Lady to be in the bullpen. I think the the call-up of Chris Bubich is kind of suspicious right after Singer gets hit, so maybe that move is already in the works where Singer's going to go to the IL. Uh, um, but anyway, so we'll see. Um, but they do have a lot of options, and I think it's going to be a pretty painless one uh, to get Lynch on this roster. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think is a reasonable expectation for Brady Singer? We, we talked about the hype that we've heard about him. You know, I don't want Royals fans to get very unrealistic expectations for what the, what he's going to do and that he's going to come out and go seven or eight shut right away. I mean, he can, but that's, that, that should not be the image that we need in our mind because when you talk about him in the same, you know, era that we have of like the hype that Patrick Mahomes had, that's going to have some kind of, you know, cachet to it, right? So – what, what do you think is reasonable for what Daniel Lynch is going to do, at least in his first couple of big league starts, as he adjusts to pitching in the big league level? Lynch, I, I don't want to put this tag on him because it's not that. But Lynch reminds me a little bit of Duffy when he was coming up um, in that he has really good stuff, and, it, and the raw stuff is, is, is excellent. But it just doesn't seem like he puts guys away – easily i don't know if anybody remembers duffy's first shoes in the big leagues oh, i mean man. he'd get guys down oh two <clears throat> really really consistently it seemed like guys were always down oh two and then it was a fight to get him put away so i don't know that lynch's stuff like could he come out and have an eric Skoglin debut where it's six dominant innings uh, sure but more likely i think is going to be like five or six innings at best early on where you know if he gets through if he gets through six I will, be, um, I will be really, really happy. Like, that would be a great outcome. I would expect more like five. I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, he doesn't make it through five. But I also expect a lot of really good production. Like, I don't think he's going to get hit a lot. Um, we did see his fastball get touched up a little bit in spring training, but I've heard they've made a couple, you know, just a minor tweak to, to help his fastball out a little bit. So, um, a lot of – I'm expecting some big things in terms of production from Lynch. I just don't know that I would expect him to be super deep into games, especially because he didn't pitch in a real game last year. Yeah, it was all alternate side. I think the one thing that will benefit Singer early, and we see this a lot of times with you know either top pitching prospects or dudes that come up from the minors to the majors, their first couple starts are usually pretty successful because there's not a huge book on them yet for hitters to utilize. And with Daniel Lynch not pitching above high A in 2019, and there were some injuries in there as well, so he didn't get a ton of time at high A, to then not pitching in a real minor league season last year, all alternate site stuff. And then he gets a little bit of run with the big league club, you know, in spurts during spring training. There's not, there's not a, huge, a big enough book to, to know for, for hitters to know what to do when it comes to, to getting to a guy like Daniel Lynch. So, I would imagine his first couple starts are going to look really good. And then it's all about how does he adjust once hitters know how to beat him a little more. 
And it would not surprise me if that is a quick turnaround. I think he's a, he's a fantastic pitcher. He, you know, has shown an ability at least early on to be able to command his stuff. Like everything that we're hearing about him seems to be that, you know, this is a legit top of the rotation type guy. So we're going to see some struggles as you do with any, any dude that comes up from, from the minors to the majors, but I don't think it's going to be a significant drop off in production from what, you know, you know, from about maybe start four or five and start eight, I guess. Does that make sense? Like, I, I don't think the adjustment to the adjustment is going to take very long for a guy like that. Yeah, I agree with 100%. What, so you had his Fangrass projections, Paul. If we were talking a little bit about it off air, what is, what is Fangrass? I, think, I know they're usually a little more um, cautious with their projections, but what does Fangrass have for Daniel Witch? Uh, I don't see them on here anymore. Um, they've got his rest of season projections for one inning. Um, oh, that's weird. I know we talked. I think we talked about it a little bit on a previous episode, but I couldn't remember if we uh, we did. Now they're not. Now it's not a uh, not showing. Oh, here we go. Zips for twenty twenty one five point two nine ERA five point one seven FIP. Again, these are all statistically based models and he threw a grand total of what is this 96 innings back in 2019 he was hurt for a lot of that so i'm not putting a lot of stock into his his projections just because of of his very unique um and brief really minor league uh career right right but no i'm super excited i am that's going to be appointment television for me tomorrow night to see Daniel Lynch make his big league debut against the Cleveland Indians. Again, it's at Coffin Stadium. If you have the chance to go, definitely see if there's tickets available and get out there and watch one of the best prospects in the system uh, get out there and make, make his debut for the Kansas City Royals. This is a ton of fun. And to make this move now, I think, is very interesting. Sure, it might be a little bit need-based, but it feels like, like we talked about, the Royals have still statistically the best record in baseball. They needed injection of something from the pitching staff, and this might be that move of like you know we're this is, we're not trying to make this a mirage of just like oh a really cute fun start for a you know an average team like trying to legitimately go out there and compete and win. You know it's not not trying to be just a little flash in the pan first six weeks of the year. Like this feels like a long term trying to win as the season continues to go and not just for the first six or eight weeks. I agree. I think this is I, – I don't think this is a spot start or somewhat, something like where he's up for a couple of weeks, he's back down. I think this is – as long as he pitches well, I think this is a, a, a permanent <clears throat> permanent fix, so to speak, into the rotation. Um, I, again, as long as he's pitching well. But in terms of innings, I think they've got him right where they want him as, as long as he's, you know, throwing five, six innings at a time here. Well, we'll see how it goes with, you know – uh, this is going to be a ton of fun, at least in the next couple of weeks, and then we'll see who the next guy is because there's going to be that opportunity here. Hopefully, uh, I would imagine pretty soon that we're going to. This is not the last big league debut that we're going to see from a top guy in this system. Yep, I agree. Uh, do you have any final thoughts here before we move on? Nope. All right. After the break, we are going to talk about the. We are going to preview the. Uh, Northwest Arkansas and Omaha rosters. Uh, the previous episode on the the previous episode, which was a couple of weeks ago, Alex and I talked about uh, the Columbia and Quad Cities 
Wine, we'll talk about those guys a little bit too, just because now we know what the true rosters are for those teams. But mostly we're going to focus on double A and triple A. And we'll talk to you, talk about those right after this. All right, Alex, minor league opening day is on Tuesday. Very, very excited about that. It has been far too long since we have had true minor league baseball. All four teams are going to be in action. And we have officially now what the minor league rosters are going to be for Columbia, Quad Cities, Northwest Arkansas, and Omaha. Let's, do you want to talk about like the official lineups for the, we have, I know we had the spring training lineups, but do you want to talk about it all? Uh, anything, any thoughts from Columbia or Quad Cities now that we know the official lineups or official rosters, I guess? Um, I don't see anything on here that's like super new. Like, like the stuff we covered last time, I, the, the, the lineups they were running out there in spring training were pretty close. I don't see anything glaring on here. I do want to point out that in the, in the media session that JJ Piccolo did with some of the media, um, he, he did mention Omar Hernandez as a potential candidate to, you know, really blow up and, and, and solidify himself on people's radars this year. I think he's going to be splitting time behind the plate with Kale Emsoff at low A. That's, that, that group of catchers is just about as good as Sebastian Rivero and MJ Melendez have been. Um, so I think Royals fans really need to, to, to pay attention to that duo in Columbia. Um, but otherwise – there's nothing on here that's like overly new or surprising that I don't think we talked about. No, I don't think so either. I mean, Ace Lacey at Quad Cities is pretty, that's about what I expected. Nothing. And then Silver Matias at high A, uh, just to get him a little more rest. Cause as JJ mentioned, he's one of the highest, the best hard hit rates in the system. It's just a matter of making consistent contact. So there's no reason for him to take that jump to double A quite yet. It wouldn't surprise me if we see him up there uh, pretty soon, though, especially if he starts producing. Uh, for the Quad Cities guys. Yeah, I think he'll be up. If he if he hits at all, he'll be up pretty quick. All right, let's look at the double-A lineup for the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. Uh, anything really jump out to you about this group? I know the pitching staff on, for these guys is just stupid. Yeah, that pitching staff is loaded. Um, in, in terms of the lineup, it's good to see Denitra Carrasco continue to move through the system. He's a guy who's He's really – he's produced at every level, and I, I don't think he's got big league potential. I think the the peripherals aren't very good, the swing and miss, the, the plate discipline's not very good. But he just keeps hitting, um, keeps moving his way up. Could he get a cup of tea like they gave uh, Frank Schwindel just there for a little bit? Maybe, but I know he's not obviously uh, producing like Frank Schwindel did, but, I mean, similar type of non-prospect there. So, good for him. Glad he's – uh, continue to move up the ranks. But the lineup here, <clears throat> Clay Dungan going all the way from rookie ball to double A is incredible. That kid, yeah. I don't know, you know, JJ talks a little bit about him in that media session where it's just like his baseball IQ, the way he works, the way he goes play about playing the game is so good that they felt comfortable moving him to double A. We saw him a lot in spring training with the big league team, and that was you know, that really said something, I think, about what they think about Clay Dungan. So, uh, I would assume he's going to take everyday reps between second base and shortstop. I know they're going to let Bobby Witt Jr. play some shortstop. In case Mondesi doesn't get healthy, they're going to let him play third. In case Mondesi does get healthy. So, he's going to be bouncing back and forth there. Um, <clears throat> JJ, the other day in his media session, was raving about Nick Prado. I think he, he mentioned the Alec Lewis 
um, earlier before this that, you know, uh, Nick Prado hit like 15 home runs in, in spring training, which is just incredible. He, he mentioned in an article that Alec Lewis wrote for The Athletic that by the time that, you know, spring training was coming to a close, other teams were telling them, telling the Royals that their pitchers didn't even want to throw to Nick Prado anymore. So, you know, MJ Melendez, Nick Prado, Bobby Witt Jr., Clay Dungan, um, some combination of Brett Bewley and Denitra Carrasco. And then in the outfield, you've got Dyron Blanco, Dyron Blanco in center field, Brewer Hicklin center field to play some center field. Travis Jones is back at double A. So you've got a pretty deep lineup that with that pitching staff and the guys that are coming behind them have a really, really good shot at winning the Texas League or whatever they're calling that now. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to continue to call it the Texas League. I'm not going to give in to the stupid Major League Baseball trying to ruin Minor League Baseball aspect of trying to take away some of these cool the, – the great league names in Minor League Baseball. It's the Texas League. I'm just going to call it what it is, truly. Um, but the, you talked a little bit about the position players, the pitching staff. Here are just some names that we have on our rankings. Uh, Jonathan Bowen, Yefferdel Rosario, Josh Dye, Jonathan Heasley, Alec Marsh, Carlos Santabria, uh, that's just a few of the guys that we're going to say. Marcelo Martinez on there as well. That is just a loaded staff. Like, I don't know how they're going to divvy out bullpen versus pitcher, you know, starting rotation or how it's going to go. But to see Yepardel Rosario at double A is really interesting. And I'm excited to see how he looks. Of course, you got my guy Heasley, who I had a feeling he was going to be in double A to start this year. I probably would have been in double A last year at some point had there been a true season. John Boland's another guy I really like that I think has an opportunity to be a big league bullpen guy. You know, just the stuff, the raw stuff is really good. But I, this is a really exciting team, and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Bobby Wood Jr. being there. He, if you have the opportunity to go down to Springdale and catch a game, do it if you want to see Bobby Wood Jr. because he's not going to be there for very long, if I had to guess. But th this is a lineup and a team that's going to be pretty fun to follow. A lot of guys that were near the top of the system or and still are, relative, relatively speaking, uh, when, you know, the site was really first going and, you know, to see them now, you know, getting that much closer to the big leagues is really cool to see guys like Melendez and Prado, uh, Hicklin, and guys, guys like that. It's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, this is this is one of my favorite teams. I think my favorite team uh, is going to wind up being that team in, in Davenport, Iowa, the, the Quad Cities, that high A team. But this double A team is probably going to be my second favorite team to follow specifically because of Melendez, Prado, Bobby Witt Jr., and Jeffrey Del Rosario, but John Bullen, Alec Marsh, John Heasley make this team. Like, there's going to be something really, really cool to see every single night. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to AAA Omaha. Uh, obviously, Daniel Lynch was on this roster. Not anymore. Chris Bubich was on this roster. Not anymore. So, I'm wondering what kind of movement we'll see there. Uh, what, what jumps out to you about this roster? I mean, a lot of these guys are either on the cusp of being – in the big leagues or just kind of organizational depth that are there, you know, break glass, break glass in case of emergency. Yeah. I think one of the first things that stands out is that St. Pius X high school in Kansas city, the leading rebounder for that, for the St. Pius X basketball team is on this Omaha storm chasers roster. Do you know what I'm talking about? Your former college roommate, Grant Gavin. That is the one and only Grant Gavin um, hashtag role stable from the great state of Missouri, central Missouri, uh, down there in Warrensburg. So, Grant being in this bullpen is pretty cool. I'm excited to get to watch him face AAA hitters. And, you know, now he's just – anybody on this AAA roster, right, if you, if you can get to AAA, you are one. I, 
you in a modern day, you're a COVID outbreak, you're an injury, you are, you know, an innings limit. You are one thing away from from big league call up, which what we're coming up on twenty thousand players in MLB history. So less than twenty thousand people have played major league baseball ever. Um, so to be on a AAA roster, one call away is pretty cool. Um, good to see Kyle Isbell back out there. Uh, Edward Olivares, I think, is kind of forgotten amongst the ranks, just in terms of like guys who could like start and be like impact and an yeah. impact player in an everyday lineup. I haven't given up on him. There's a lot of athleticism there. There, there are some tools there that I really like. Um, is he ever going to be an all star? No, but could he give you like Kyle Isbell production? maybe like I'm not willing to rule that out so um, if you told me that we had a couple guys like Kyle Isbell in, on this team including Kyle Isbell and you know and, and Edward Olivares I'd believe you like I, I like a lot of the things we saw from him last year so um, I'll be watching him closely Jackson Kowar is obviously a guy I'm very high on I, I really hope he gets his uh, fastball command sorted out so we can see him in a big league uniform pretty soon Another guy, our guy, Joel Gabriel Cancel, yep. made his way to AAA. I, I don't know what's left in, in the tank there. They were, you know, experimenting with him at first base. And if you look at the infield on this, Lucius Fox ain't playing first base. Kelvin Gutierrez might, but he's a third baseman by trade. He's pretty good over there. Kevin Merrill's a middle infielder. Emmanuel Revere's a third baseman. Like, Gabriel Cancel may be the everyday first baseman for this team. Um, so, that doesn't do a lot for him in prospect status. Like, he, as a first baseman, would give you little to no value. But he's there, and they've continued to move him. Um, we know he's got a ton of pop. Is Can you get to it consistently? I don't know, but um, I'm excited to find out. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope to see a lot of – two for four with an RBI double. That's what we saw out of him in Wilmington. It was a ton of fun. He did it every once in a while in Northwest Arkansas. You know, it's, it's kind of fun to follow a guy like that that you were so high on a lot, even if it, it sucks that he might not, you know, he's not going to live to the potential when maybe he was there a couple of years ago. But, you know, it's a good organizational depth piece at this point. Yeah, first base is not, that doesn't help his prospect status whatsoever, but hope the best for him. And, you know, you never want to wish, wish bad on any kid as they're trying to, you know, live out their dream to get into the big league. So, uh, I'll be interested to see what he, what happens with him on the pitching side. You still got Ronald Bolaños as well, who got a little cup of coffee with the uh, the big league club last year. It wasn't great, but I you know maybe some retooling. We'll see him in the big league bullpen at some point. Um, Jackson Kowar is not that far away as well. You're still big leaguer Gabe Spire. There's still something there maybe, and and your your guy Anderson Miller you know, going to be playing the outfield for this team as well. And I you know, yeah, that's a guy that you can't quite quit. So we'll, we'll see what we get out of him too. I mean, there, there's not a lot you can say about a truly about a triple A team because it's a lot of just, it's organizational depth combined with guys that are just right there. You just don't know, but if nothing else, there, there are at least some storylines definitely to follow. Yeah. You mentioned Ronald Bolaños. It sounds like they're going to let him keep starting, um, which is interesting because he's got that is interesting. really, really good stuff. Um, and I think maybe everybody assumed that he would wind up in the bullpen, but it sounds like they're going to let him keep starting. So, um, you know, until they do move him to the bullpen full-time, he's a guy to watch because his raw stuff. Now I'm just talking about the ability to throw the ball hard, to spin the ball well, and to make it move is just about as good as 90% of the guys in the system. Um, 
it's the ability to command it with any kind of consistency that's going to be the issue. So if they can keep him in the, in the rotation for now, that's great. But I do think he's got a pretty good future in the bullpen as well. Absolutely. So of the guys in the pitching staff that, you know, we have to see him, maybe like Grant, yeah. Do you think maybe see two, three guys make their big league debut this year out of this group? Co-R, so Coar, Gavin, and I'm not sure who else. I mean, because I blue, it's got a cup of coffee. Some with Bolaños, Carlos Fernandez, Daniel Lynch just got called up. Yeah, um, I'm looking at this roster. Um, I, I, really, I don't, I don't know how many more guys in terms of making their debut. I mean, Coar is a good, you know, a really, really good candidate. I think he makes his debut this year. Jake Kalish is a guy who's been a warrior for them. I could see them giving see them giving him a cup of tea, just like they did um, Jake Newberry. Jake Newberry has mostly been here for cleanup duty in his big league career, his brief big league career. I could see them giving that to a guy like Kalish, who spins the ball well and has been, like I said, he's been a soldier for them in the minors. There's a lot of guys that the Royals will, you know, deploy out there for the the entirety of their minor league careers, ten year careers and then give them a couple, a cup of tea as a reward, as a thank you for all they've done for the organization before they DFA and cut them. I could see Kalish being a guy like that. Um, Gavin, maybe he, he got a new split change, or a new, new changeup to his arsenal. So between the fastball, curveball changeup he has, he posts some of the best strikeout rates in the system. Um, there, there's a chance there if he can command it a little better. So there's a chance we see him this year, but um, – I, I just don't know, like, of which of those guys he gets called up before. So, I think it would have to be a really perfect situation. But um, I think Kevin Merrill is a guy they're high on, is a guy that we could see fill in the middle infield in a pinch if somebody gets hurt. Um, but for the for the most part, there's, there's most of these dudes have either made their big league debut or their top prospects like Sebastian Rivero or Jackson Kowar that we just kind of expect could make their debut in the right situation. Yeah, I – I think for sure, your surefire guys, I think that make that get at least an opportunity this year are Coar and or and Gavin. I think those are the two easy picks. Um, but I, I did. I was thinking about this, and that I'm going to put you on the spot here because I think we should do some kind of like preseason awards for what we think is some sort of prediction for what we think is happening for like pitcher of the year, player of the year, most improved things like that. Are you down to do that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, who do you think is going to be the minor league pitcher of the year in this system? Or who is your guy, I guess? So, for minor league pitcher of the year, they're going to have to get some innings. So, let's go down here to the lower ranks. Um, let's go with Asa Lacey. That's, I think that might be – so, outside of Asa Lacey, that's, that's probably too easy of a pick. Let's go with um, – hmm, looking through the – a ball rosters right now. Let's go. Give me Zach Hockey. If it's not Asa Lacey, or if it is Asa Lacey, then the next best option is Zach Hockey. I think Hockey rebounds well. His stuff is outstanding. It is really, really good. Um, he was pitching really well in Lexington before the 2019 season got shut down. Um, so I will take. The if, if I'm not taking the easy option, Lacey, I'll take Zach Hockey starting yeah. high. Yeah, see, I, I think Asa Lacey is probably going to be the guy just because I, I don't think we see a big league debut this year. And if it is, it's going to be late in the year. As like a, you mentioned, like a Brandon Finnegan type where, you know, you just throw it out of the bullpen, let it eat. 
But if I had to pick somebody that I think will also be in the system for as long is Alec Marsh. I think the buzz around him is legit. He's gotten a lot of like there's some baseball America top 100. Like, I think, I think he's a guy running up into the upper nineties and some pretty good breaking stuff. Going to be in double a going to have the chance to start every fifth day that I think that would be the guy. If you don't go Lacey, which as you mentioned is the obvious pick, I would probably take Alec Marsh. Yeah. I was, I was kind of wondering if Marsh may not get enough innings, like if they bring him up in the bullpen uh, yeah. pretty soon, like, like before too long. So that was, that was kind of my fear there. So I wanted somebody who I know is going to debut this year. Um, but, yeah, I could totally see Alec Marsh being that guy. Yeah. All right. So, for this one, you cannot pick Bobby Witt Jr. Who is your, your position player of the year? Nick Prado. The hype around Nick Prado is becoming too loud. It is way too loud. I don't think there's a spot for him right now between Solaire DHing, Bobby Witt Jr. filling in, Whit Merrifield, Lopez, Mondesi, even O'Hearn's getting run right now. Um, Santana's obviously playing first base. I don't think there's a spot for him, so I think he plays all year in the minors. Uh, but give me Nick Prado. That's, that's kind of where I'm leaning to. Like the other guys that I like, I don't think are going to have the same cachet that a guy like Nick Prado. Like I think there's something to like the, the prospect status that he you know, brought 100%. That yes. I think that matters. That like, you know, I love like, a guy like Nick Lofton. I think, you know, maybe he could be that guy. Um, you know, I love our, like our guy Vinny. I still think he has the opportunity to pop this year. Uh, you know, to check out like Tyler Gentry, I think is really sneaky, interesting. Uh, at least from some of the stuff we've seen from like the, the player development videos and, and things like that. But I think Nick Prado is probably going to be that guy this year. And I hope he is. You know, we, we, I've been a little lower on him really since the middle of his first year in, in Lexington. And then he struggled so bad in Wilmington, it was just painful. So I, for the thing, the things that they're talking about with him right now is very encouraging and awesome to hear, and I hope that it all clicks and works out, and we finally see the guy that the Royals drafted Nick, like to Nick Prado to beat, like that type of guy. And if we see that this year, then we're in really good. This system's in really good shape. Oh, agreed, one hundred percent. Don't sleep on a guy like Jason Guzman at High A. I think having yeah. some big league experience going back down playing some shortstop for the high A team um, could do him some good. Um, but, yeah, I think Prado, just the hype around him has been insane. I, I Really, recently it's been kind of like we heard about Daniel Lynch uh, preseason. Yeah. Who is going to be your most improved player? So – Which is kind of, I know kind of the, tough to do, but – Yeah, because the, there was no the obvious – yeah. yeah, the obvious answer there would be Prado because if he's the if he's a be, best player in the minors, as bad as he was in 2019, right? So I think that's – but if we're going off not that, um, give me um, – actually, hang on. I thought of somebody else that I want to take a look at real quick. Yeah. No, no. Uh, nope. So here's a, here's a shot. Take a guy like Anderson Miller in Omaha. If Anderson Miller shakes off his slump at Double A in 2019 and goes into Omaha and hits well, give me a guy like Anderson Miller maybe for the most improved. I, I like that. I, I do. I like that a lot. That that is kind of a tricky question. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think Anderson Miller, either he's going to have a big year, like, and I mean, like a huge year, or he may not be on the on the systems roster next year. Yeah, well, I want to look at my guy. Kind of wanted to go Suli Matias there, but I thought about I Suli. Yeah. I, I, I think thought. if he if he's the most improved player, he's also going to be the best player. So that's yeah. that's kind of a catch twenty two with him. <laughs> yeah. So I think my guy, I'm, I'm going to go with Brewer Hicklin. Okay. I, I I like the tools. I don't know what kind of big league like ability he's going to have. You know, maybe like a fourth outfielder type with decent speed, plays good defense, enough power to kind of play a little bit, but. Honestly, I saw that bomb that he hit in the player development thing. It was like a 484-foot home run. Like, that's tough to ignore. And if he can put it all together this year as just a really, you know, came to the system as a really just raw athlete, that would be that would be really fun to see. And I think he's just a generally just a good dude as well, so he's an easy guy to root for. I think he would be – I think he would be interesting. I tried to, I'm trying to stray from the kind of a normal guy that we think of, like a Melendez or a Prado or Matias because – Obviously, we want to see them improve, but I try, I try to go a little off the beaten path here. Yeah, and I, I'm trying to think of – without a 2020 season, it would be hard to, like, go too far off, like you said. So, right. Um, I like that. It wasn't the greatest question once I said it, but you know what? It's already on airwaves, so we're going to go with it. Perfect. <laughs> and last one I thought of here, who is going to be – the, the guy that rises through the system the most. So this is mostly for the low A, high A guys. Like, who jumps a couple of levels this year? The Will Klein. The most. Will Klein, yep. And actually, I, it's hard to say because, again, with no 2020, I don't know how they're going to manage innings. I don't know how they're going to manage who starts and who's in the bullpen and who goes where. And Will Klein's never pitched professionally. He's in high A, so, like, I'm answering this question as if this was a normal year of baseball following what was a normal year of baseball last year. If that was the case, I would say Will Klein, uh, full stop. I think he's a guy who we could see in Omaha at the end of the year. Like, stuff is really, really good. The changeup is going to allow him to be very, very good. Um, Johansson Morel pitching out of the bullpen in high A could be another one. Um, but either way, I like a couple arms out of that on that pitching staff there in the Quad Cities. Yeah, I think Will Klein is going to be really interesting to follow because I think JJ mentioned it in his media session that for the most, at least to start the year, it's going to be piggyback starts, you know, tandem starts, so like three innings and then three innings out of starters just to get them built up. I'll be curious. Like I, I know they want him to start, but I'll be curious if the Royals see that and go, oh yeah, I want that in my bullpen like now, especially if he's shoving. Because it's you know upper nineties with a wipeout with wipeout secondaries like it, the stuff is insane. He's number thirteen on our prospect list for a reason, even for a dude that's never pitched professional baseball. That if if he is as advertised, it would not surprise me if the Royals see that and want that in the bullpen soon. Like he he could do the Brandon Finnegan thing. We're talking about Vasa Lacy. Agreed. Um, especially coming being a college kid, like. The Royals have a couple guys like that they drafted last year. John McMillan, who isn't actually on a roster, so he's probably a bad, bad example for this. But like they 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 picked up a couple of guys like that, like we're talking about. The stuff is big league ready. It's just a matter of can you control it, where are you at in your development, things of that nature. But Will Klein, Christian Chamberlain, 
like they're all guys who could probably just step up and and get an out or two in the big leagues right so um you know i i don't know i just think there's there there are some there's some opportunities there if the royals need them the royals just announced uh joel i don't know if you saw this on twitter the royals i'm sorry alec lewis just announced that jacob junis will be moving to the bullpen uh with the promotion of daniel lynch I hate that for Jake, man. He yeah. he had absolutely earned the right to keep starting. Um, I'm sure the Royals had a pretty good conversation with him about this. This tells me they're ready to compete right now, yeah. and they will do anything it takes to make sure that they can win baseball games. So if that means calling up Will Klein because he's striking out 27 batters per nine innings, uh, I think they're going to go do it. Um, but So we'll see. But I don't think this takes – I think this removes the idea that anything is off the table uh, for the 2021 season. Absolutely, yeah. I think Christian Chamberlain was a dude I was going to go with. He's not on a big league roster – or on a minor league roster right now, but I believe he will be fairly soon. I think he's going back nursing something, kind of like a Austin Cox, you know, that, that kind of – those couple of guys that were kind of like, how the heck are they not on the roster? But it's because they're coming back from dealing with something, you know, undisclosed injury, things like that. So, well, we'll see those guys pretty soon. You had to pick, pick a position player, not necessarily a dude that's maybe knocking on the door of the big leagues, but a guy that maybe can go from like low A to double A or something like that. I think like a Tucker Bradley or Tyler Gentry are very intriguing for something like that. Tucker Bradley, I I don't know what to do with him in my head in terms of like what I think about him. I just I'm so excited to see him hit, man. Yeah. Um, because if he would have kept hitting like that in Georgia, there's a zero percent chance he goes undrafted. Right, uh, right. So, like, I don't know. I, I guess we're going to find out. But Tucker Bradley, if he if he comes out and hits anything like he was hitting in Georgia, holy cow, is he going to soar up the prospect rankings heading into next season? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, this, I'm so excited that we have my true minor baseball to watch. We're not waiting on, you know, little stuff to leak out from the alternate side or instruct videos. Like, we have real box scores and real stuff to watch coming up here the next couple of days. I'm so excited to watch, you know, watch all four of these teams in the system and, you know, not have to do a ton of conjecture when doing my prospect rankings anymore because we have actual data to look at to know where guys need to go up, down, et cetera. So it's, it's going to be a ton of fun, man. I'm so excited. Same. All right. Do you have any final thoughts for this episode before we wrap up here? I do. Um, I was looking at Whit Merrifield's fan graphs page and I accidentally just closed out of it trying to click over to it. So give me just a second. But with Merrifield, man, I, I don't know what to do with this because in 2018 and 2019, by far Whit Merrifield's best offensive seasons to date. <clears throat> I'm sorry. He had a WRC plus of 119 in 2018. And in 2019, his WRC plus was 110. In those seasons, he had a batting average on balls in play of 352 and of 350. In any season, any full season, so we're going to exclude 2016. But in any full season that Witt has played, and again, I'm counting 2020 because he played in every game that was available to him, that he did not post a batting average on balls in play of 350. His WRC Plus was 105 and 106. When he got to 350, it was 119 and 110. His line drive rate... In 2018, 29%. 2019, 
2019 was also almost 29%. In 2017 and 2020, respectively, 21.8%, 25.7%. This year so far, 22.6%. He's hitting the ball on the ground more. He's not hitting it as hard. I don't know if we should be worried that he'll, he won't return to that all-star status of like the 2019 season when he posted 2.9 F4 or even in 2018 when he posted 5.1. Even in 2017, it was 2.8 because he had, um, you know, a 105 WRC plus, but he stole 34 bases. He had 19 home runs. I just don't I'm, – I'm sort of worried that we're not going to get that wit anymore. And, you know, he's still very good. His WRC plus is 101, which puts him right above league average. He's been worth half a win so far with eight stolen bases. His strikeout rate is way down. If this is the first time in his career his strikeout rate is below 10%. And he's walking right, right at his career average. I just – I don't know what's up with the batted ball profile. So, I don't want to ring the alarm yet. I'm kind of hoping I reverse jinx this because I did that with Carlos Santana and Carlos Santana currently leads the Royals in WRC plus. So I'm kind of hoping for a reverse jinx here. I'm going to phone, I'm going to faux sound the alarms of Whit Merrifield, hoping he'll snap out of this and I can point back and go, ha ha, I did it again. But in all seriousness, I'm kind of wondering what is Whit at this point in his career? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're looking at a guy that's what, is he 30, 32 this year? He is 32. Yeah. So, this could, it could be an aging curve thing, but that would mean to me more he's swinging and missing more and he's not walking as much. Like, it, it, it's weird. Like, I, I'm, I'll hopefully at this point, we're still at a, you know, an early season sample size. It could just be him hitting into some bad luck. And that's, that's where we're at at this point. Maybe he snaps out of it in two weeks. Like, the dude, the dude just, he's a walking knock when he's right. And I hope that we get back to that here pretty soon. I, you know, I'm not incredibly worried yet like you, but it definitely is like, it's a little odd to not see, you know, two hit wit like that. He got the nickname for a reason. He's a walking base hit. And when we're not seeing that, it's a very odd thing to see. Well, and it's funny, you, you said something that I had to go look at. So you mentioned his swinging, is he swinging and missing more? He's actually swinging and missing less now than at any point of his career. And it, which has led to his strikeout rate being lower than any point in his career. Like, I'm wondering if he stops swinging as hard to, to lower his strikeout rate and it's, and it's put a hit on the quality of contact he's making. So maybe there's something there that they'll, they'll get sorted out. But um, whatever it is, I just hope he gets it sorted out soon because to begin the season, man, he was on fire. And mm-hmm. then he goes through a cold spell where, you know, it, he's been – he's hitting 200 over the last couple of weeks. So – um, hopefully we get the early season whip because that whip Merrifield was a lot of fun to watch. For sure. And I'm, I'm pulling a baseball savant real quick. I'm curious what the batted ball profile looks like on their like percentile charts, because that, like, I wonder if like the exit velocity is down, like the barrel percentage is down compared to where he's been. And that, that would be interesting, but yeah. So his barrel percentage, at least through 93 batted balls, like it's not a lot, but 3.2%. And exit velocity is right around the same that it was last year. But barrel percentage last year and the year before was 5.1 and 4.3. Like, he's not a guy that is going to hit the ball incredibly hard all over the place. But seeing the barrel percentage down, at least early, is a little bit odd. 
Uh, expected batting average is 274, and he's currently hitting 269. So he's hitting right about based on exit velocity and launch angle where he should be. So it's a little the it could just be a stretch of bad luck, but it also could just be, you know, maybe where he's at hitting like a 270 ish and going from there. So yeah, he's, he's in the 10th percentile in hard hit percentage and 14th in average exit velocity. He's in the 99th percentile in K percentage. So he's not striking out. He's not swinging and missing, but he's not hitting the ball hard either. And, and expected Woba is at 40 in the 44th percentile. Now it's still early in the season and this could completely change over a week stretch, but those underlying numbers are a bit concerning. Yeah, I'm again. I'm, I'm hoping we get the the good whip back here sooner rather than later, and hopefully. And part of this was just hoping that I can reverse jinx this. So yeah, maybe no, a little 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 reverse bad juju here. I, I sure hope that we can get to that point. If that if that's the case, then we're doing our job right in some capacity, right? Absolutely. If I can, if I can do that all the time, I'm just going to start, start a business on it. Right. Absolutely. Uh, well, I think that wraps this episode up. Royals fans, you still have, you're still a fan of the a team with the best record in all of baseball. Your top pitching prospect is debuting on Tuesday or tomorrow. Enjoy it. And I'm, I'm excited. I know Alex is excited. And next week we will have our first recap of games to talk about which is going to be awesome. I'm so excited. I hope you guys are ready for that as well. And enjoy, as always, be sure to slap you know, a like on this or subscribe, follow, however you, you need to get to our podcast. Please do it. Let us know how we're doing. Tweet at us. Just comment on the, the article that we post on the site where we link this. Uh, whatever you guys want to hear, however we can improve, let us know. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one, guys.